so there's preparation and there's something that we need to prepare for as well, okay? And there are really, there, there are two, there are so many ways we could go about this, but there are two that I wanted to share with us today, okay? And two pretty important ones. Um, are, are they just about, you know, you prepare for a week and then you forget about these? No, these become hopefully a part of everyday life. But I do want to share this first. Turn over to Galatians chapter 6, okay? Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers... If someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he's something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else, for each one should carry his own load." Uh, did you pick up anything interesting about that? Okay, there's actually, he tells you to do the opposite. He, he tells you to do something, and then he tells you to do something else, the, kind of the opposite. He said, we need to carry each other's burdens, except everyone has to carry their own load. Is that confusing to you? Yeah, right. It's okay to admit that. It's not like, no, Jesus. Jesus is the answer to that, right? Um, it's a little bit, but what, here's what he's saying, okay? What he's saying is, is there are things that we can carry for each other, all right? There, there are ways we can encourage and lighten the load for each other, but then there are things that only you can do, Amen. right? Somebody else can't be baptized for you. Somebody else can't choose to repent for you. Somebody else can't choose to have faith for you. It doesn't matter how hard life gets. There's nobody that can lighten that load, okay? It's just you and God and me and God, and that's it. All right. It's this idea. It's this one thing of teaching, training, driving into our minds the idea of, of personal responsibility. All right. And you may go, what does that have to do with being a disciple? Personal responsibility. What do you think it has to do about being with being a disciple? about preparing to run the race of you mean we have to get good at this or why does it matter or who cares why would it matter to be personally responsible and other people can't run the race for you right even if like i can't remember what her name was but the um, person in the paralympics who it was the woman who was blind and she was Anyway, there's this picture of training of her training, but she has someone running the race with her yeah. who can see, so they can see the track. Yeah. And, you know, she's great at what she does, but right. she's still... Yeah. I mean, she has to have someone with her, but she still has to run. She's just standing there. She's not... They, they can't move her legs for her. They cannot propel her and, and, and make her go forward. All right? Here's the thing is, no one can make you have a quiet time. There, there isn't anyone. You could choose. I'm not going to do a quiet time. All right. No one can make you here. Here's the thing is no one can make me or you have a bad attitude. 
I mean, do you, do you believe that? And I'm, I'm guessing, and I'm not, this isn't getting on you. Most of the campus students, you disagree with that wholeheartedly. I'm not kidding you. Because the thing is, it's like, no, this idea of going, no, you want to know what? No one made me, no matter what somebody did. Amen. Nobody makes me or you have a bad attitude. It literally is something we choose. That makes sense? Yeah, complete. Like nobody makes us um, angry. We say that a lot of times. You made me so angry. <laughs> you made me so angry. Ben makes me angry all the time. <laughs> okay. But I had to become personally responsible. <laughs> you know. but, but the truth of the matter is, is we oftentimes think you made me this way. And what I want us to do is ask different questions. I want us to learn. And this is the only way that we're going to really learn what we're needing to learn is to ask different questions. Okay, so have you ever asked yourself this question before? Why does this happen to me? <laughs> Why does this happen to me? All right. That's not a personally. Have you ever have you ever asked the question is, is. Why do I always have to do everything? Why don't they do something? Like, why am I always the one? Okay, these are all questions of lacking personal responsibility. Because we're looking at, it, it's other people's fault. Right? Man, why, why, why isn't my family group, why isn't my group of three, why isn't my campus ministry just more sold out? Okay, that's not a question that, that's, a, that's a blaming question, all right? Because here, here's the thing, and, and quite honestly, as Christians, we get really good, me and you, we get really good at doing this in church, of asking questions that are more about blame, okay? Personal responsibility questions sound like this. What can I do to make this better? Amen. That's the right question to ask. Like, hold on a minute. What can I do to spur people on? What can I do to... to to benefit the group. What can I do in this situation? How can I help? Do you, do you understand? Are you hearing, like, do y'all, are you understanding the difference there? Yeah. Like, personal responsibility is, what can I do to be a part of the solution? Right? How can I make the play, you know, like, you may go to work and go, gosh, <laughs> why is everybody at work a bunch of jerks? I don't know the answer to that question, and you might be able to find the answer to that question. But the personally responsible question is, how can I make work? Like, how can I go there and, be, and benefit the workplace? How can, how can I do that? Okay. Now, I want to stop here and just, what are some things you're thinking? Or what are some questions you have just from the idea, why is it difficult? Is it like what are you thinking when we talk about this? What are you thinking? You're thinking something, right? <laughs> I was thinking earlier that right now it's so it's so clear that it's my responsibility. Right. But in the moment, it is like it's a lot easier to believe that something outside of me is causing me to feel that way. Right. But now I'm like, wait, nobody can make me feel those things. But at the moment, 
I'm not so defensive. <laughs> in this environment? Right, yeah. So you know, it's to go. I'm going to be personally responsible for the rest of my life because it's so clear, right? And then something happens, you're like, Grrr! I would be, listen, I would be such a better Christian if, if you didn't influence me the way you do, right? That's, hopefully you never say that, but <laughs> Kimberly, what do you got? Yes, this is hard for me. I, yeah. Understand what I'm telling you here as, a, as I teach this. It's, it's not something where I'm going, you know what? One day you'll conquer it like I did. <laughs> okay, this is hard, isn't it? Yeah. This is really, really difficult. And it's, it's one of those, it's the truths that as we tell ourselves that in the worst of circumstances of going, I actually can choose not to have a bad attitude right now. And that's actually a factual statement. You can Choose that. And, and you're thinking, no way. You, you know why that happens to me, why that's difficult for me? It's because when my emotions and my feelings have been lured for so long, then it almost feels like, no, but that's so loud. That's such a loud taskmaster, my emotions and my feelings, right? Here's what happens in church. I want to just like paint this picture a little bit more. In the church, and this is good-hearted. I think this is totally good-natured. In the church... Okay, here's what, I was just writing down a list of things. This is what we want from the church, okay? And we want this in the span of 90 minutes on Sunday and every Sunday night in family group. What we want is teach me the Bible, help me mature, provide good singing, help me to be a good parent, help me to be a great spouse, help me to have great sex with my spouse, help us reach the lost, help me to inspire, help me to disciple people, all of those things. And please do it in about an hour and a half because I have things to do. That's what we expect from the church. It's like, Keith, when are we going to start talking about parenting? Like, we got to talk more about parenting here at the Clemson Foothills Church. Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you're sitting here and you're going, I could use some help in parenting, what's stopping you from asking someone? Like, for real. Like, is there, are the married couples and the other parents going, I will not get together with you. I will not take your call. We will not talk about parenting. It is not within the 90 minutes of our church religious time during the week. Okay, I'm asking you, what's stopping you? Why don't we talk more about marriage? Why don't we talk more about having a great marriage? And my question is, is what's stopping you from calling a married couple? For real. Because what ends up happening is we, we inadvertently expect so much to happen, and it's absolutely impossible to do it within the confines of a Sunday and a Wednesday. All right? What we do when we come together is, hey, let's refocus on God and how, he, how awesome he is, and then let's go out and live this thing out. Amen. Let's help each other. Okay, so that's my question. A personal responsibility question isn't, why aren't we offering this to me? It's the question is, what's keeping you from asking somebody for help? Yeah. Like, ask yourself that question. Why aren't I calling someone? Wow. You, you might be in a dating relationship, and you go, no one ever gets with me and, and, and helps us as a dating couple. My question is, is what's keeping you from calling someone? And going, hey, Brent and Jennifer, did y'all date ever? 
<laughs> or were you always married? <laughs> you might not know anything about this, but can I come over to your house for dinner and talk about this? All right, that's a personally responsible disciple. All right, it's not one that's going, I got a list of 50 things long that the church better take care of in this amount of time every single week. All right, this is why it's so important because what we're saying is, is when it comes, God, me and you, that you have blessed us with abundant resources even in a small church. You have overly blessed us with abundant resources even in a small church. All right, and so that's what I'm saying is, is, We've got to become, per now, here's what I will say. Don't become rebelliously personally responsible. Let me explain that. It's also known as Lone Ranger responsibility, which is, well, they're not going to teach me about parenting, so I'm going to go find it on my own. No, no, no. Being personally responsible with a bad attitude is not Jesus. Right? Are we on the same page with that? Like, like that can happen. You're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm so sick and tired of not having my needs met. I will call somebody. And, and, and then it's like, hold up. Pump your brakes a second here, okay? We always have the attitude of Jesus. And going, you know what I can do? I can call somebody. And, and you want to know what? Here's what I know about being here at the Clemson Foothills Church is we have an inordinately high percentage, I would say on the level of 100% people who can help you grow as a disciple, okay? So it's not like, okay, who's that one guru that I can call? Who's that one person that has the answers to everything? No, 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 no. Listen, this church is full of people. That can, it's just a matter of, hey, listen, hey, I love this statement. When the student is ready, the teacher appears. I love that statement, okay? It's not about, hey, who can I find that's absolutely perfect? It's how can me and you get our hearts right Amen. to be taught as a disciple, okay, and be personally responsible. Does that sound okay? Yeah. I'm not kidding you. If we're not prepared to do that, we're going to go through life as a disciple, and we are going to be just miserable, okay? We really are. That's the first thing, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the first thing. I'm just saying. I just feel this, man. I mean, I, re I really do. I mean, I, you know. So anyway, here's the other thing. Turn over to Luke chapter 7. Turn over to Luke chapter 7. Love this story right here. Luke chapter 7. You're really good at <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, verse 36. Now, one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house, reclined at the table. And when a woman who lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought a big old jar of perfume. And she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, and she began to wet his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man were a prophet. He would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is. She's a sinner. And Jesus said, Simon, not Simon Peter, okay, Simon the Pharisee here. Just understand that. 
He said, Simon, I have something to tell you. And Simon the Pharisee is like, you know, he's sitting here, picture this. He's thinking, he's looking at Jesus, this woman who's like weeping over him and, and cleansing his feet with her hair. And Simon's sitting here going, that dude doesn't even know. If, in fact, if he was a prophet, he wouldn't let her do that. That's wildly inappropriate in my house. Okay, this is Simon the Pharisee, okay? And so, he, can you imagine Simon? He's just looking at Jesus like, really? For real? And Jesus goes, Simon, I have something to tell you. <laughs> those are the words I don't want to hear from Jesus okay Keith I have something I have I want to talk to you about something okay he said uh Simon and 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 Simon goes tell me teacher (laughs) I mean he cleaned his act up in a hurry tell me teacher and he said fine I'm gonna tell you a little story two men owed money to a certain money lender one owed him 500 denarii the other 50 Neither of them had money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Which will love him more? Simon said, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. He said, you have judged correctly. Then he turned to the woman um, and said to Simon, do you see this woman right here? Like the woman, you can't miss her. (laughs) All right. Do you see this woman right here and what she's doing? I came into your house and you didn't even give me any water for your for my feet, which is just that's just good manners at this time. Okay, if you're trying to figure that out, that's just good manners at this time. Okay, and he said, you didn't even give me water for my feet. She wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't even give me a kiss. But this woman from the time I entered hasn't stopped kissing my feet. You didn't put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Okay, now now I want to stop there, because here's the second part of this class right here. The first one is becoming personally responsible. The second one is we've got to strive to not just know Jesus, but intimately know Jesus. There's a difference. There's a difference in knowing facts about Jesus. There's a difference in knowing that he was born of a virgin and he lived in the first century and he had followers and he started the Christian church and he loves people and he forgives people and that's all facts. There's a difference between facts and intimacy. Okay? The, Simon the Pharisee here is like, yeah, I, I get who you are. But, but this woman is intimate with me. She loves me. And it's interesting what he says here. He said, she's loved much. He looked at what she was doing and said, she loves much. Okay. But he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Jesus is equating what she's doing to love And he's saying, you don't know what? When you've been forgiven like nothing, you don't do this. You don't behave this way. Okay? And there's this this aspect of the idea of figuring out, am I truly, intimately, deeply, passionately in love with Jesus? Or do I just know the guy? Because there's a difference. I just know the guy. Well, I know Christian church, and I know... I can pick his picture out, like on a wall. Some, it's not a real picture, by the way, just so you know, okay? I mean, the pictures of Jesus aren't real, okay? Um, but there are a few things here is, 
And, and we've got to go back. This isn't a matter of young Christian, older Christian, mature Christian, whatever. This is like we have to constantly remind ourselves. Do I just know him? Or am I like this woman who is like she's weeping? She's, she's wipe, kissing his feet, okay? And there are a few things here. If we just know Jesus, what our lives are going to be characterized by is what not to do in life. Right. Like, you know, you're like, Okay, well, I know what Jesus is against. I know what not to do. Okay, that's if you just know him as a guy, like you just know him, that's what life will be like. If it's about, I'll fit in time with Jesus. Like, I'll fit him into my schedule. I've got to tell you, you just know Jesus. Okay, there's no argument that could be made any other way. All right. If you're going, man, my schedule's so big, and I can't wake up. And I uh, listen. That's that's fine because that's how you treat people. You just know. Yeah. Amen. That, that's what you do. You you don't put time aside. You don't get up early. You don't stay up late. You don't you don't do. When we just know him, we're burdened by him. Like we're burdened. This is too hard. I'm gonna have to gut this out my whole life. Yeah. Right. Because that's what happens when we just know him. Like, what a chore this is going to be to make it through life, following this man. When he's just, have you ever seen the uh, bumper sticker? The, uh, Jesus is my co-pilot. Oh, yeah. Like, don't bother me. I got control. Just you be my co-pilot. That means if we get into an accident, heal me, protect me, right? Make sure I go to heaven. That's what a co-pilot does right there, bro. Just kind of chill out, okay? And let me go. Let me drive, okay? And it's the idea of, when my life is just on, like, I know where my life is going. And it will not be deviated. I don't care what Jesus said, because I just know him. He's totally unsupernatural when we know him. There's no reason to change what I'm going to do for him, because we just know him, okay? We have an attitude of have to. Like, have to, okay? Do I have to go to midweek? Uh, not for me. Do I, do, do I have to go? I'm like, that's what you say when you just know someone. Yeah. Do I have to go to their house for dinner? <laughs> like, do I have to do that? It, have to is code. Understand that. Have to is code. Do I have to go to Soul Talk? Do I have to go to cross training? Do I have to go to Guru 3? Do I have to do this? Any of those things that have come out of your mouth, I want you to be so alarmed that you know Jesus, but you don't love him. Okay. Let that alarm you. Okay. Um, intimacy. Ephesians five ten says, "Find out what pleases God." That's the difference between just not doing something. Like, okay, I know he said I'm just gonna. Okay, don't have sex. Okay, I hear you. Uh, that's garbage, but I, I guess I can try it. You know, uh, it, in, somebody who intimately loves God, intimately loves God. It's like, what, what makes me happy is what pleases God. Amen. Wow. That's intimacy. That's like, remain pure? Of course that's hard. But Jesus is worth it. Amen. Like, why wouldn't I, right? It's Joseph. Joseph going, how could I do such a thing? All right, have you ever thought about that? Joseph and Potiphar's wife in Genesis 39, and she's like, come to bed with me. Sleep with me. Come in here. You know, I mean, come on, baby. Do you really think Joseph is going, nah, not feeling it. 
Seriously? I mean, dude was a teenager. Come on, man. I'm not kidding you. I'm like, for real. The Bible's a little dirty sometimes, okay? Is you got to think, he wasn't like, nah, I'm good. It's like, this is going to be really, really hard. But how could I do such a thing? Yeah. That's somebody who was intimate with God. That's somebody who's like, listen, man, I'm going to delight myself in God. All right? And if we're not preparing like that, you want to know what's going to end up happening? Is we're going to be like stuck with a life of just going to church and hoping one day, God, I hope you take me with you to heaven. Although when I get there, I won't like you very much. So there's this idea of a get to attitude instead of a have to. Man, you mean I get you you mean I get to go somewhere and be around people who I love? And 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 Listen, I'm not saying that because I'm like, you should be wide awake and perky all the time as a disciple. I'm like, no, man, there's times you wait until about week 13 of the semester. And you're like, I don't even want to, I just want to stay in bed all day. All right. But there's still this idea, if I know Jesus, then I'm stopping. I'm doing my own thing. I'm figuring it out on my own. If I'm intimate with Jesus, then it's like, man, this is what is going to fuel me. Amen. This is, what, this is my food. That's intimacy, okay? When I'm intimate with God, I, I learned three things. How to be humble, teachable, and vulnerable. In, in an intimate, because intimacy is I trust you with everything. And so it's the idea of now I'm like teachable and humble and vulnerable, and you get to see the real me. You get, I'm, I'm just, I'm not defensive. I'm, I'm, this is what I am. And God, I love you so much. And I know you can change me. It's, an intimate person knows that no matter what's going on, it doesn't matter what it is. Jesus is the solution. No matter what, if I'm anxious, if I'm scared, if I'm having a hard time, if work's not going great, if I need more resolve, Jesus is the only answer. Like without a doubt, that's somebody who is intimate. And that doesn't mean you have to be 10 years old as a Christian. That somebody smack dab out of the water can have that, and, and you have to have that. All right? I think we get kind of feeling like this optional. Okay? It, it, it's optional to do that. You know, one of the things, and, and this is just what, there is no more sad person in the world than someone who's lukewarm. There's no more agonizing place to be than being lukewarm spiritually. There is nothing more agonizing because you feel like you're not doing enough and you feel like I have to do this and so I'm gonna and I'm grudging. I have this grudge about what I have to do and then I'm not gonna do it. And there isn't, that's why I'm sharing this. Amen. All right, because without these two things, we are going to be miserable. Okay. With, without this, this is how I read the Bible, not as optional either. Okay? And, and, and I, I want to share this, and, and I want you to hear, like, I, I need your ears to hear this, okay? Um, I, I feel like um, some of you guys, and I'm saying this to the campus, and maybe I'm saying it to the wrong people. Maybe the people that need to hear this aren't here tonight, okay? But somewhere along the line, some of you guys thought I could get baptized into Jesus and then do my own thing. I'm really serious. Okay, when, when, when we were hired to lead the church, I understood one thing. I, we minister, we serve, and it's the way, how can we help and serve the congregation 
that, so you all, so we can together be closer and closer and closer to Jesus. Yeah. Okay. And, and the thing about it is, is, is uh, somewhere along the line, some of you guys heard something different or you thought something different. And you thought, no, 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 I don't have to go all the time to midweek. I don't have to go to Soul Talk. I don't have to be active in my group of three. And, and what I'm saying is, is we're not like just making those things up. Like, that's what we know. We've done this long enough to help you mature and be happy in Jesus. For sure, without a doubt, okay? And what I'm saying is, is if in your mind, and I'm, I'm telling you to say that, you need to know this, is if in your mind you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to be all committed like that. I'm saying, just so you know where it comes from, we really mean Acts 2, 42 through 47. Like, we really mean that. And if you look at that and you say, I'm not going to be a part of that. Like, I don't want to do that. I'm going to come and go as I please. Here's what I'm going to ask you. Find another group. Yeah. Like, I'm serious. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not angry and I'm not upset. And I'm, saying, I'm saying you'll never be happy here. Okay? Here's what I know as well. And, and you may go, man, Keith, every campus student is just going to leave now. Here's what I know. Three people who are totally committed to following Jesus will make more of an impact than 25 people that are doing their own thing. I promise you. I, if you, I don't know if anybody ever thought that we signed up to have the largest campus ministry in the Southeast. Not my thing. Okay? But we're going to have real disciples. Amen. I'm not kidding you. And we've got to have that conversation with one another. And it's that idea of I'm, I'm serious about this because you're unhappy. If you're not like connected and saying, no, I'm, I'm for this. I'm really about living what the first century Christians lived. Amen. I'm really about that. Believe me, you will grow, not because of us, not because of my preaching, not because of the Clemson Foothills Church, not because of your family group leaders or your group of three leaders, but you'll grow because you're connected to Jesus. Okay? And so we just, I want everyone to hear that clearly. Okay? As you study the Bible with your friends, they've got to know, listen, if your goal is, let me be baptized um, and then do my own thing, there's, there's other groups that are perfectly happy with that. Okay? I, I can't be. Okay? Because the Bible is just that clear. And, and I don't want you to feel like, man, that's so harsh and that's so mean and that's so... It, it isn't. Okay? It's the only way you're going to feel like, man, I am so in love with Jesus. I am so content. I am so, you want to know what the difference, when it's just somebody we know, we won't sacrifice anything. Yeah. When we're intimate, we sacrifice. And that means sacrificing times. I mean, that's, that means sacrificing sleep. That means sacrificing, if everything's not perfect, you're going, I've had such a hard day today, I'm not going to midweek. In, thank you. Yes. Right. I've learned that. And you've learned that too over the years. You're going, the times I've thought I shouldn't go are the times I needed to go. All right. The times I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, and, and I'm just saying it, when we're intimate with Jesus, we're like, he comes first. That, that's why we don't like, if you've noticed, and we've talked about it in our calendar, it's not like we have an event Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday. No, no. We have Sunday morning. We have family group or cross-training Sunday night. We have midweek, and we have a couple things for campus students. It's, it's not like it's got the, it's taking all of your time, okay? But it really, I want us to be serious about that. 
not kidding you, okay? Uh, because this is, we're, we're going to grow. We're going to help other people grow, yeah. all right? But everything other than that's kind of a facade, okay? Questions or comments on that? That was, <laughs> Dave's like, oh. <laughs> um, yes? I think um, the doing it wholeheartedly or be miserable is, uh, we've been there yes. where we've been miserable. Yeah. And it just, it left us incomplete and unfulfilled, go to church because it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Come home and grumble the whole way home that yeah. wasn't fulfilling because it wasn't about Mm-mm. how am I serving God and how am I serving the church. It's, you know what, that wasn't what I wanted today. It didn't fit. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. about personal responsibility. Yeah. And yeah. It, it took a little bit of a long route to really come back and say, you know, this is about loving God and, and, yeah. and going and giving. And yeah. When you give, you, you receive more. And, yes. And I think it's true. You, you're much happier if you give it all the way or yep. just not to encourage anybody to walk away, but it's true. Yeah. You're well, not going to ever be happy. Isn't it, isn't it amazing the lessons that Jesus taught to get people to follow him? Deny yourself, yeah. take up your cross. That means you go die, by the way, yeah. uh, and, and then follow me. Uh, and, and you're like, dude, do you really want to like build a church, man? And then no, no, you should make it easier. And, and, but Jesus knew without a wholehearted, single-minded devotion that we would be miserable yeah. trying to, like, fit that in. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the points that you have here, I mean, to me, they, they go so well with each other because those times where I feel like I don't know Jesus I mean, you know, are, are where you know, I'm in that, those states. Mm-hmm. Um, where I forget about that personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and so, that I mean, I think it's, it's just great for all of us to be reminded of the fact that, you know what, I mean, it, it, it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not about the activities that we do. It's yeah. not about nope. all, all of it. It's nope. just how can I yeah. have a deeper relationship with Jesus? Yeah. And yep. that's, that's just, that's so important for us in realizing how yeah. church is, yeah. With it. So, yeah. Uh, this has been very helpful and convicting. So. If we just read through the Bible and never heard a class, a lesson, a sermon, anything on it, we would come to the conclusion of two things. I've got to die, and then I've got to be with Christians. Amen. <laughs> I know that's Jesus' will. Like those things, without a doubt, I would, I would have to do that. The, the best pieces of advice I got, and me and Abby got when we were young, was number one, making a commitment. I will never have a day for the rest of my life without having a quiet time. Ever again. Okay. Now, here's what will happen. Something inevitable happens, right? I don't get guilted out about that. You're having surgery one day. Uh, okay. Hey, man. But here's what I do know. When I think in my mind, it's okay to not have one every day, then I have way more times without it. Because I look for things. When, everything, when I'm like, I will never miss a day. Then it's like, if something comes up, something comes up. If, some, if there's an emergency, if I'm just throwing up the whole morning, if, whatever it is, I'm like, okay, hey, that's the way it goes. Let me get back on the... So that was the thing that I remember a brother telling us this. He said, I committed the day I got baptized, I would never go another morning without having a quiet time. And I would never, ever miss a meeting of the church. Ever. And, and, and I was like, I'm doing that. I, I will do that. I mean, me and Abby, we arrange our vacations around church. 
We make sure, what will it take to miss the least amount of time? Is it because somebody's going, Keith, if you're not there, we're going to kick you out. Y'all pay me to leave the church. I mean, I could leave and be gone for a while, okay? But here's what I know. I've got to be with you guys. Yeah. We're, not a, we're not together that often. We're hardly together, yeah. all right? I've got to be with you guys, every one of you guys. And you want to know what? I, I've got to be together for us to praise God together because he built us in a way to come together corporately to praise him, yeah. all right? That, that was happening in the first century church. That was happening throughout the Old Testament, all right? And it's that idea. It's become true. Now, have I ever missed church before? Yeah, times have come up when we've been sick or we have had to be out of town or something like that. Do I get guilted up? No. All right? But that's very different than going, I'll try to make it to most services. Because then I find reasons not to go, like good ones. I'm like, oh, man, but, you know, I, I would love, next time my mom's here, I want her to share this with you guys. My parents lived in California when I became a disciple. And for some reason, whatever reason, my parents would fly into Florida to visit us on Wednesdays. And she was not happy that I was baptized. In the, she was not happy that I was doing what I was doing as a disciple. And so it, they would make these arrangements, and they'd be like, Keith, we're flying into Tallahassee at 7 p.m. <laughs> and I said, Mom, here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to church. We'll see you Thursday morning. Oh, snap. No, 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 don't get, no, no, no. Believe me, understand something. It wasn't rude. But I, I want you to understand that, okay? It was done with, Mom, here's the thing. We've talked about what this means to me in my life. I want this for your life. But I committed to be with the body of Christ, and, and you knew that. I, I shared that with you. And you guys chose to come in tonight. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Yeah. Amen. And I think most of you would go, you want to know what? They probably hated the church. And the funny thing is, they both became disciples. Yeah. <laughs> is that weird? Is that weird? All right. As you're going, Keith, how are you going to reach your family by, like, you know, doing that? Because here's what I learned is Jesus is my Lord above every other relationship. Yeah. Like Jesus tells me, and when Jesus said, no, Keith, here's the deal is, is you got to be with my people. Amen. Okay? And it would probably be different if the church had an event sun, every night, Sunday through Saturday, to go, hey, dude, I mean, I, can you cut me some slack? I mean, there's got to be a night that we do something other than meeting together. Um, but I'm just saying that. Because it's counterintuitive. You're, you may be thinking right now, this is going to be too hard. There's no way I can do it. I can't have those talks. I can't. And I'm saying, listen, when you encounter Jesus intimately, it's the only thing you'll want to do. Yeah. It's what you'll, it's as scary as it is. The words, no, Jesus is my Lord, will ring in our ears. Okay? Alfreda. Barely ever, yeah. Our husband and our wife, yeah. Um, or just say 
intimate relationship that if you haven't been married yet, that you can imagine this. But imagine that maybe you had opposite shifts of working with your wife or your husband. And one worked at first shift and the other worked at third shift. So then you're like, when will we ever get a chance to spend time together? If you really love each other that much, you will find the time as much find as it. possible yeah. that you will spend time together. Mm-hmm. Because you love each other. Yeah. And it's not because you have to do it. It's because you want to do it. Right. And I remember when Morris and I were a um, young married couple, we had something like that. So what we did was we looked in our, our, our time within mm-hmm. the day, and we would find every single minute that we actually could spend time mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And I think um, as disciples, I think we get really comfortable in the world and we forget why we're, what our purpose really is on this earth. Mm-hmm. And we spend most of our time with people who don't have a relationship with God, and we actually feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. We start to be around people who curse, and it doesn't bother us as much anymore. We start to be around people who never talk about God, and mm-hmm. it doesn't even occur to us that we haven't even talked about God the entire day. Mm-hmm. And I think it doesn't even like hit our hearts that, man, I really need Mm-hmm. My brother and my sister. I really need, and I remember when I was a young Christian, that was something that was really burning on my heart. Like, I need time with the body. Mm-hmm. I need to. <laughs> so, right. So, like, me going back to Columbia, I'm always cleansed. Sorry, Clemson people, but, you know, going back to the Carolina Company. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it is the same thing. When I come with the body, I get refreshed, I get renewed, mm-hmm. I get back together. Mm-hmm. And it helps me to get stronger to go back and face what I need to face and to stand for my conviction. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's really true is the vast majority of our week is going to be spent in the world. Yeah. And, and that even more so is like, man, I've got to be around people. And the truth of the matter is, is it's Acts 2.43. They met together daily in temple courts. You want to know why? Because that's where it's like, hey, y'all come and hang with us. Hang with my friends and all this kind of, it's not like an organized event, but that's, th- this is God's way of winning the world. It really is. Um, and so, uh, you know, again, we've got to have our minds wrapped around this a little bit. Um, and maybe there, it may even be something where you have to repent. You have to like, go, hold on a minute, I've got to get back to that. Like, that's got to be the norm. Yeah, Matt. Um, Father's Day, there was a commercial that I think Gillette put out. <laughs> and it was these teenagers, and they were, they were put in a room, and they had to use YouTube or the internet or whatever and find out how to shave and how to tie a tie, right? Mm-hmm. And then they went through it and they tried to do it and then they had their dads come in yeah. and they got to ask their dads how to yeah. tie a tie and how to shave, you yeah. know, and then at the end they interviewed because it was kids and they chose that had horrible relationships with their, right. with their dad. Yeah. And, you know, in the end they're like, man, it was my dad. And, you know, they're not the internet expert. So it goes to your first point, you know, that, you know, us not being experts, but we all can be useful in that relationship. But then also, like, now they can see it. They don't have to go to their dad. Sometimes, like, the teenager dad, you know, fight, you know, is. But that they get to. And that it was much, much better. But our dad is obviously infinitely knowledgeable. Yes. Holy Spirit in each one of us. And then that attitude, you know, of just getting to and going to Luke 7 with the, with the Pharisee and with the sinful woman. Sometimes it's not even, you know, the love, like, forgiven much, love much. Because, I mean... 
all of us died and are separated from God because of our sin. Sometimes it's just our perception of that. You know, we didn't go from like being this good to only this good. We went from dead to being alive again, yeah. which is something that is supernatural that none of us can yeah. do. You know, right. yeah. And so sometimes it's just the perception of yeah. what Jesus did for us. Yeah. Because when those kids found out what their dads could do for them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Mr. Wisnet. Just going back to like the personal responsibility thing, that reminds me of whenever we were workers at the swamp, um, they told all of us like going into the week, I don't know if it's like a saying or I think it was like a song or something, but it was like, if not me, then who? If not now, then when? Um, so that just like reminds me of kind of the thing that you always talk about, about being consumers instead of like serving. Um, so we're like, you know, if something like doesn't get done, like we can't wait for other people to like do it. Like we have to physically like do it ourselves. Um, so just like, you know, doing whatever we can and like not waiting on others to serve or you know, mm -hmm. to do something or like not waiting for like somebody to ask you to study the Bible, but like being active and like sharing your faith and like, you know, going to people, yeah. finding people and just having that kind of mindset of, you know, not waiting. Kind of yeah. Like. Right. What can I do today? How can I benefit? It's really great. Genesis 12 too. One of the things we forget about God followers when, when, when God was talking to Abraham and he was essentially giving him some lessons to learn about all the people that would follow God in the future. He says, here's what I'm going to do, Abraham. I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to guide you, and you will be a blessing to all nations. And sometimes we forget that we're supposed to be a blessing wherever we are. Yeah. Like, it should be like, man, I, you were a blessing where it's like, if at your work, if you weren't there, people would go, we're missing something. Like something's wrong here with the attitude because that we go in to be a blessing where we are in every single situation. And we kind of forget that because it's way back in way back in the Old Testament. So anyway, um, let's finish it up. We can talk more about this, um, but I want you to go back and study this out and really ask the question. If you stood in front of Jesus, would he say, you're intimate with me like that woman? Just like he said, Simon, I want to tell you a story. Let's put our names. Hey, Keith, I want to tell you a story. See, she did something you wouldn't do, maybe. All right? And then, it's, then it becomes, what will we do at that time?